good morning. Would you please stand as we gather for worship this morning? We'll start out again with another scripture reading. And today will be in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. says for great for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast amen
I'm loud enough without this anyway. <laughs> I really am. Good morning. I'm glad everybody's here this morning. Welcome if you're watching online or downstairs. And thank you guys for joining us. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today, and then we'll have our welcoming time uh, today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, uh, that we're here, uh, God, in your house to worship you. And, and, Lord, we're here with our brothers and sisters, Lord, and we're going to dig into your word this morning, Lord. And we're going to talk about some hard truths uh, that we see around us today. And, Lord, prepare our hearts to... Uh, to, to deal with that today, Lord, and, and to uh, encourage us uh, today, God. And I do pray that if, if there's people watching or here today that have never believed on you, Lord, that today will be the day that they realize they have a great need in their life for salvation, God, and you will work in their hearts. And, Lord, we just want to worship you today in giving and in singing and in the preaching and teaching of your word, Lord. Thank you for bringing us here today, uh, God. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes and welcome everybody today.
may be seated this morning. Let me go over a few announcements real quick. Uh, tonight, they will have men's Bible study. Men's Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock uh, here at the church. Evangelism training is still going on. I think they're in week 3, 4, 3. Week 3 this week uh, at 3 o'clock at the association office here in town. This will be probably be the last day that I announce it because after today, they're probably getting a little too far behind maybe. If you, if you can't make it this week and you've never been, you want to come next week, we can do a crash course, Josh says. But, yeah, try to come. If you, and I know the attendance has been great. I know a lot of you are coming to that, and so I'm excited uh, about that. It's great because you're going to have an opportunity. The Charleston mission trip is this summer. Those mission trip dates have been changed. It is June 20th through the 26th. There's going to be a mission trip meeting next Sunday, March 7th, at the association office at 2 o'clock. If you plan on going on the mission trip in June, you need to be at that meeting. So please be at that meeting next Sunday at 2 o'clock at the association office. Uh, next Sunday night is going to be a fun night. We're going to have game night here at the church. Snacks, food, all that good stuff. And then there's going to be, what, family feud and the newlywed game. Is that right? <laughs> We're going to have fun. That's going to be fun. Uh, next Sunday night here at the church at 5 o'clock, we're going to do that. This is something else that um, we've, we've only been involved with it one year, and I was proud to say that we won, but they're having Bible trivia at the association office on March Thursday, March 11th at 6.30 p.m. You can have teams of four, uh, so if you would like to sign up for that, get your team involved. It's Bible trivia. We did it one year, and we brought home the trophy. Uh, and this year, last year, we didn't uh, we didn't do it because I think we were just too busy. But I'm, it'd be neat to bring that thing back here to Crossbridge again. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, so that's Thursday, March 11th. We're not competitive or anything around here, right? I mean, not at all. Uh, Sunday, March 21st. This is something that's going to be coming up. It's going to be a great day. Uh, the youth are going to kind of be taking over services that day. It's going to be Youth Sunday. We do this once a year. Uh, where the youth, I don't know if we'll have a youth that wants to come up and preach for a while. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, but they're going to be helping with the uh, Sunday school classes. And then after church, we're going to have a, a, a an auction. like a, a We call it a youth auction, but we're not really selling the kids. I don't know. But we're, we're going to have a youth auction where uh, we have baked goods and some of that. And we'll be raising money for the youth fund for them to go to camp this summer. So that's going to be on the 21st. And we're going to be having a huge meal. Again, Jody and Bridget barbecuing that day, uh, so that's always awesome to stay for. Um, yeah, so that's Sunday, March 21st. Here's some more, something that's been added uh, today I want to talk to you about. It's Wednesday, March 10th. Wednesday, March 10th, there's going to be an abolition rally at the Capitol in Jefferson City. There's a Senate bill. It is Senate Bill 391. And it is a bill that is in committee right now to abolish abortion in the state of Missouri. So they're going to be holding a rally at 2 o'clock that day. That's a Wednesday. They're going to leave uh, here at the church and take the church van. If you're interested in going that day, they're going to leave at 9.30, between 9.30 and 10 in the morning. Probably stop for lunch. It's about a two-hour drive. Get to Jefferson City to have the rally at 2. And then they'll be back here by 6 o'clock in the evening uh, for church. So if you would like to go that day, it is Wednesday, March 10th. Please let Josh know 
uh, if you want to go to that rally uh, that day. And then we'll be getting some information out there about contacting the senators that are on that committee because that's extremely important. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. It's Senate Bill 391. So that's uh, Wednesday night. March 10th. I've already mentioned about the mission trip dates changing to June. I think that's going to work out better because now the mission trip and VBS are going to be uh, the VBS and then the mission trip. So they aren't going to be on the same week. So that's going to help out a little bit there. Got another announcement. Uh, Sunday, March 14th. That is the the youth are going to be having a progressive dinner that day. Uh, and I know Joel and Shelly are talking to them about that. But the young adult group is going to be going over to Casey and Dave's for chicken and dumplings and games and all of that good stuff at 5 p.m. and a lesson on Sunday, March 14th. You got anything else you want to say about that, Casey, or I cover it good? Okay. I mean, chicken and dumplings, young people. Yeah, I don't know. That's You guys are going to be hungry by the time this service is over today. Anything else? I think I covered everything. We got Friday night, Celebrate Recovery. You're not Celebrate Recovery. What's, it, what's the name of it again? Life, life Recovery. Uh, on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. We got freeway on Saturday nights. Yes, Carol. Prick, prickly cactus at 9 a.m., ladies, for coffee. Do they have biscuits and gravy? Because some of us guys may show up, Carol. They don't. All right, it's just coffee. Ladies only. All right. Anything else? Yes. Perfect. At noon tomorrow, for those watching downstairs, is Mountain Moving Monday. So they're gonna we're gonna be praying with Choices Pregnancy Center. Choices for our visitors is a local organization that helps expecting mothers uh, get through their pregnancies, and it's also a place where they can get free ultrasounds done on a local level. So we're trying. To, to get young ladies that possibly uh, are thinking about getting an abortion, we want to help support them. This church is very actively involved with that ministry. So it's a very important ministry here. Mountain Moving Monday is tomorrow, so at noon, pray for the Senate bill. Pray. Pray tomorrow. Anything else this morning? Okay, if you would stand today, let's enter our time of worship today, and we're going to bless our offering and and sing a couple of songs before we jump into God's word. So bow with me as we pray today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, uh, today again for being here, Lord. And I, I'm thankful, God, for this very busy month that we're going to have, Lord, serving you and all the fellowship time and the evangelism training, Lord. And that is a blessing. It's exciting being a, a body that is busy serving you and fellowshipping, Lord, and trying to reach a lost and dying world, Lord. I'm thankful for that. And uh, God, as we enter our time of worship today, we do want to focus our attention on you and our giving today. Uh, and, and Lord, that you have provided for us, Lord, and, and we do want to put you as our Lord and Savior over every area of our life, and that includes finances, God. So what we give today, Lord, uh, let it be uh, out of a joyful heart, God, and use it to glorify your kingdom, use it to work in your kingdom, God, to advance your gospel, Lord. We love you, and as we worship today, we do want to worship you and focus on you. It's in your name I pray, amen.
Our kids, uh, second grade and below, you can go down to Children's Church if they would like to this morning. I forgot to do one thing. I want to, as you turn to John 15, I've got a couple of updates of 
letters I want to read to the congregation this morning. These are, uh, the first one is from uh, Kent Kramer. It says this, Dear church family, just wanted to drop a line and say hello to everyone. This was certainly unexpected, but I count it all as joy, my brothers. My city sits on a hill, and I trust this all part of God's will. Please keep me in your prayers. One, I will see you in March. P.S. Save me a donut. Love, Kent. And uh, Greg Hartman says this, Dear Crossbridge family, how I love you and miss you. I pray for you as a body and individually often. I want to thank each of you for the blessing of sharing my work with Christ with me. To all of you, and especially my Freeway brothers, remain steadfast. A special thank you to Mike Simons, Trey Allen, Carol Greenfield, Bob Dotson, Denny, and Carol Hartman for showing up to court on my behalf. I cannot express how much I love, how much love you showed me that day. Uh, Kent is with me here at Fulton. We both arrived yesterday. He will be home in about uh, in March. I miss I miss you all. Uh, praying for you and the team. Give them my blessings, Greg Hartman. Those are a couple of guys that were uh, in the freeway program. You all know them for our visitors uh, that that were had pending court cases and they got some time. Uh, and instead of wallowing in misery uh, in prison, I, I told them, I encouraged them, I've been emailing them. I've told them to use that as an opportunity to share the gospel, to be in the Word, uh, and and to to study. And so they, I can't wait till I see them back here again. But um, hey, there's punishment. For our sin, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and they understand that. Here's another one that we wanted to share this this morning. This was a gentleman uh, that was going through the freeway program, and he had a relapse. And he is back in the program, not here in Marshfield, but in Springfield. And he wrote us this letter. We wanted to share it with the body. It says, Crossbridge, hello, Chad Franklin here. I'm writing you this letter to let you guys know I'm truly sorry for letting you guys down. All the pouring into me you guys did seems like I wasted it away for what a drink. A drink that I can never take it back. It happened, it's, but I'm, I'm more focused now on moving forward from here. I've prayed every day for forgiveness. I've repented of my sins. And I thank God for stopping me from graduating, from graduating and putting me where he has. Now I have a better understanding of what I need to do to stay sober. Crossbridge, I'm truly sorry for letting you down. I thank you for what you have done to help me. God bless you for believing in me. Warm regards, Chad. I thought that was amazing. Um, Somebody who's truly repentant. And this is the first time in five years of being involved at Freeway that a guy has gotten kicked out of the program because they're random drug tests and there are high expectations if you're in the Freeway program. This is the first time that we have ever, our elders, received a letter from anyone that was in the program and got kicked out. Never received one until now. That's amazing. And I wish that we, brothers and sisters, had that attitude about our sin. Because if we did, wow, amazing what God uh, could do with us. So today, let's read God's word together. John 15, 18 through 27. It says this. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you at its own, as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. My servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, if they kept my word, they would also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on the account of my name, because they do not know him 
who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we come to you, Lord, humbly this morning, God. And we thank you for your words here in John 15, Lord. We thank you for the warning that you are giving us about how the world will treat us when we stand for you, God. Let us count it all joy today as we talk about this and we we deal with some truths that we're seeing in our country and and making a stand and doing the right thing, God. I I encourage, uh, Lord, that our body today, and I pray that you will encourage our body with your Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, to follow you, to set an example for a lost and dying world, Lord. Uh, If there's people here again, Lord, that don't know you, I pray today that your Holy Spirit will work on them. Uh, today, God, and your word will be preached, not anyone's opinion, not my opinion, but your word. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So here last week, last week we finished up this sermon on loving one another as Jesus had loved us. Uh, Our love for our brothers and sisters should show that we love Jesus. And the only way to truly love one another is to be a follower of the Lord Jesus and to follow his example. We talked about how to love unconditionally, sacrificially, and with forgiveness. And this week, as we continue in the book of John here, we see these verses, and I really believe these verses are now starting to play out all over our country. They are playing out all over our country, in our community, and across the world. They really are. And it is the hatred of true Biblical Christians. Now when I say true biblical Christians, what does that mean? It means if you are following a God of your own imagination, a God that is okay with your sin, okay with how you want to live your life, then you are not a true biblical Christian. You are not a true believer. Now just that statement alone, just that statement alone will absolutely bring the wrath from worldly people. From lost, a lost and dying world. That will absolutely bring hatred. Just in the last month, I want to share something with you. Just in the last month, month to two months, alone, my stance on abortion and, and the LG, LG, whatever all that stuff is, agenda that's going on in our country, the LGBTQ, I want to get it right, agenda in our country, I have been called a monster. I have been called a hate preacher, a radical a homophobe, a racist, all of those things from people that, mind you, would tell you that they believe in Jesus, but they don't follow God's word and what it says. And so as our society continues going down this road of destruction, continue going down this road of turning from the truth of God's word to this progressivism that says you live how you want to live, worship who you want to worship, my body, my choice, all that hogwash, true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ are going to be hated by the world. You are going to hear it. 
Uh, all across the world, persecution is higher than it has ever been in the history of the world against Christians. Uh, I, I shared a video this week from a guy uh, about talking about the church in China and what they have to go through there and how many of them are thrown into prison. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But how do we know this is going to happen? How do we know? Why should we expect it? Because Jesus tells us. He tells us right here in John chapter 15. Now before I get into kind of the meat and potatoes of this, I want to say that our, our positions on these social issues that we deal with, everything always must be governed by God's word. It can never be a personal opinion. Because my personal opinion doesn't matter. Your personal opinion does not matter. The only opinion that matters is God's word. That's it. Everybody has an opinion. But God's word is truth. We believe that it is without error, without contradiction. So because of that, it's the opinion that matters, not mine. So let's start with that real quick. Now I know, I know, uh, when I preach against this LGBTQ plus now agenda that they have, I know what it does to the biblical family. And I know what God's word says on that matter. I'm going to put some verses up here this morning. I'm not going to read them all, but I encourage you to write them down. Here's the verses. Leviticus 18, 22. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Romans 1, 26 through 27. Jude, verse 7. 1 Timothy 1.10. Those are all verses that address this issue, this social issue in our country. This sinful issue in our country is how I should say it, not social. I know that God gave biblical marriage to one male and one female. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says so. So here, here's the thing. This isn't my opinion. It's God's. This is God's opinion on the matter. I know, I know without a doubt that abortion is wrong and sinful and God does not approve of it. Exodus chapter 20 verse 13 is one of the verses. Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19. God's word also tells me that children are a gift from the Lord. Psalms 127 3 through 5 says that. God views babies in the womb as humans not clumps of cells. We know that because of Exodus chapter 21, verses 22 through 25. And in that passage, if someone hurt a baby in the womb, what would happen to them? They would pay eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life, because they were destroying a human life. So I know that God's... Now here's the thing. When I preach about these things... When I preach about who the truth of Jesus is, when we preach the truth that there is only one way to salvation, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, but through me. That When, I, when we say those things, people are going to get offended. People are going to get upset. But now here's this thing. How they handle that says whether they follow the God of the Bible or not. How they handle that. Do they celebrate sin? Do they advocate for the sin? Or do they do exactly what this letter just said and come in repentance over the sin? 
You see, that tells you a lot about where they are with the Lord Jesus. Do they come to repentance? Do they say, Lord, be merciful to me? Lord, forgive me? Or do they hold parades to celebrate the sin? You see, that says a lot there. Now, here's the thing. When I preach about biblical marriage, most Christians get really excited about that. And they think, oh, here comes the LGBTQ sermon, right? But I better be preaching a lot more about adultery and divorce and cohabitation. I better be preaching a lot more about that, shacking up with one another before you're married. And you know, when you do that, when you preach about those kind of sins, a lot of people that say they're real Christians will get madder than a wet hen. You know why? Because you're preaching against their sin. You're preaching against sin. And that's what happens. Now here's the thing. I, obviously we can read God's word and know that these things are wrong, right? So why do we talk about them? I mean, why do we keep bringing, why do we go and do this? Because we're living in a world that is accepting of sin. If we lived in a world that was accepting and saying that stealing was okay, I would be preaching about stealing a lot. Right? Well, we live in a world, a lost and dying world that says abortion's okay. Here's the thing. It's not a, I want to I make sure we all understand. It's a horrible sin, but it's a sin that you can be forgiven of. It's a sin that God can change you and change your views on it. You see, my view, it's not, I don't want ever my personal, it to be my personal opinion. My views should be shaped by what God's word says, not anything else. If God's word said that abortion was okay, I, I wouldn't preach against it. But that's not what it says. If God's word said that it was okay for a, a man to use the same restroom as a woman, I would say that it was okay. But it doesn't say that. And because if we stand on the truth, if we stand on the truth of God's word, what happens? A lost and dying world will hate you. They will hate you. They will hate your message. And we have to be ready for that. We absolutely have to be ready for that. That's the first point. They will hate you when you stand against sin. When you make a stand against sin, they're going to hate you. Turn to Matthew chapter 14. This is the story here of the death of of my favorite guy in the Bible with the letter J. Now some of you are laughing for a reason. This is a story about John the Baptist. For you all that don't get the joke, I'll explain it to you later. Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. This is about good, good old J.B. At the time, this is what it says, at the time Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. This is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And, and though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Become the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. 
And the king was sorry, but because of his oath and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought in a platter given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. So let me explain what happened real quick, if you didn't get all of it. John the Baptist preached against sin. And the king at that time was Herod. And Herod had married his brother's wife. And it was sinful. And so what did John do? John preached about sin. And he told Herod, it is not right that you have your brother's wife. And that made what? Herodias, here's the term, madder than a wet hen. And she said, I am going to get him because he preached against my sin. So Herod, because he's lustful and sinful, had a, excuse me, had a party. And Herodias' daughter comes and dances at this party. And Herod gets lustful, and he says, I want her as a wife. And he says, I'll give you up to half the kingdom. Half the kingdom will be yours. It was an offer of marriage to his brother's daughter. And so here's here's what she says. She goes to her mom and says, Mama, what should I ask? And she says, ask for John the Baptist's head on a platter. That's how bad she hated him because he preached against sin. They cut his head off. Because he preached against sin. John was hated by the world. He was hated by a lost and dying world. Why? Because he preached against sin. Why did they hate Jesus? Because he preached against sin. Turn to Matthew chapter 23. You can read the whole chapter today. But I want to highlight a couple of verses. Jesus is speaking to these religious leaders of the day. And this is what he says. You can read the whole chapter today, but I want to highlight two verses, 27 and 28. And this is what he says. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but are within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. He preached them out. He said, you say you're alive, but you're dead. You're full of dead men's bones. He hammered down on them. He preached about their sin, that it was just an outward appearance. And now what was their response to Jesus? They hated him. If you look at Matthew chapter 26, it says that they gathered at the high priest Caiaphas' house and they plotted to arrest him and kill him. They wanted to kill him. But what could have those religious leaders done? What could they have done? What could Herodias have done? What could King Herod have done? They could have confessed their sin to Jesus. Repented of their sin. And what would Jesus have done? He would have restored them. We see a picture of that in Luke chapter 19. There's this really short guy. Anybody know his name? Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. So he climbs this tree so he can see. And Jesus is walking through the town of Jericho. It's found in Luke chapter 19. And Jesus stops. It's the only thing it said that he did as he walked through Jericho. He stops and Zacchaeus. And he says, come down out of the tree. I'm going to eat with you today at your house. Anybody know what Zacchaeus is? Let's have some Bible trivia right now. What was his job? He was a tax collector. He was a thief. He stole money from his own people. 
And Jesus said, Jesus could have ate with anybody. But he says, I'm going to come to your house and eat today. And Jesus comes into Zacchaeus' house. And what does Zacchaeus say to Jesus? From those who I have stole from, I'm going to restore. In fact, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount that I have stole. And what was, so what is that? That's repentance. That's turning from your sin and trusting in Jesus. And what does Jesus say to Zacchaeus? He doesn't say, it's sorry, it's too late. You've already stole. You've already done these horrible things. What is Jesus' response? Salvation has come to this home today. So that could have been their response. When we stand against the sin of the world, when we preach and teach the truth of the gospel, there's going to be one of two responses. People are going to either repent of their sin and put their faith and trust in who? Not me, in Christ. And not you, in Christ. Or they're going to hate you. That's the two responses. That's the two responses. They're either going to repent or they're going to hate you. Now you see, there's this contrast in last two weeks' sermons from today. Followers of Jesus, I want you to pick up on this, same chapter. Followers of Jesus are called to love one another like Jesus loved us. The lost world is the one who hates. There's a difference. There's a major difference. Now where's this coming from? I want you to make sure we understand who is the author of this hate. Who is this hate? Who's behind all of this? That's the second thing this morning. Hatred of Jesus and his followers is absolutely driven by Satan. This is a spiritual battle. This is absolutely a spiritual battle. This is what scripture says about Satan. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. John 8.44 says, You are your father the devil. For your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls Satan the God of this world. 1 Peter 5.8 says Satan is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Satan hates God. Satan hates his creation. Who is his creation? Who is the highlight of, of God's creation? You are. You are. Man is made in the image of God. So what does he want to do? Destroy the image of God. Absolutely destroy the image of God. Which is what? What we're seeing all over our country. How can he hate God? Okay, well let's destroy babies in the womb. Let's destroy the sanctity of marriage. Let's destroy the biblical family of a father and mother and children. Let's try to destroy that. So here's the thing. When you are hated for loving Christ... When you are hated for loving Jesus and loving his word. When you are being called a radical follower of Jesus and his word. And you're hated because of that. Know where it's coming from. 
don't take it personal. Don't get all offended. Count it joy. It's spiritual warfare. It is absolutely spiritual warfare. Everything we see is spiritual warfare. I saw, I saw a clip, and I want to make sure it's in context, but I saw a clip of our own House of Representatives this week where, where a, a, one, a, a representative got up and he said, on the Equality Act, which you need to read up, Christians, on the Equality Act. You better read up on the Equality Act. It is against the church. It is against religious freedom. It absolutely is. And, and, and this, this representative makes this speech about this Equality Act goes against God. It goes against His Word. It goes against God's will for a biblical family. He makes a speech. And another representative gets up and he says, God's will has no place in the House of Representatives. That's what he said. You know what that is? That's not party against party. I haven't even mentioned a political party this morning. That is good versus evil. That is the light versus darkness. That's a spiritual battle. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that. Turn there. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Is it hot in here or am I just getting worked up? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. It's what Paul says. It's great. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And the strength of his might. Not stop there real quick. Not your own might. Don't be strong in yourself. Be strong in him. And the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. In the heavenly places. This is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. I talked to Mike and Kim Estelle. For you guys that don't know, up there in South Dakota, dealing with the Indian reservations, what they believe and what they practice is demonic. You wouldn't believe the demonic stuff that Mike and Kim are dealing with in South Dakota. It's a spiritual battle. When you see someone celebrating, excited, joyful, over killing their child, that is, that is a spiritual demonic thing. That is spiritual warfare. Anybody that would celebrate that, it's, it's, it, it, and I'll tell you, what's the only thing that can change that? Not some clever speech by me, not some clever speech by you. The Holy Spirit can change that. That's why you have to preach the gospel. That's why we have to share the truth of God's word. We Hey, there's, there's not, hey, I'm telling you, there's not a, a human hope for our community, our country. There's not. It's not a human solution. It's a God solution. It's a gospel solution. That doesn't mean that we abandon our responsibilities and don't stand for the truth and don't engage like we're going up, what, on March 10th, right? Taking the trip to Jefferson City. To, to tell these people who are in positions of authority above us, you better abolish this. We need to make those kind of stands, and we actively are. We need to support choices. I prayed last year at the, the prayer for choices. My prayer was that we wouldn't have to have a choices pregnancy center. 
That should be our prayer. That should literally be our church. So just because it's a spiritual battle, you can't just say, well, all right, we don't have any responsibility as citizens. You do have a responsibility as a citizen to stand for the truth of what God's word says. And if people don't like that, that's okay. They hated Jesus. They executed John the Baptist. They may drag me out of here one day in chains. I'm serious. And we better count it as joy. We may get, hey, this cancel culture, let me say, it's all over. If you hold a position that you love the Lord Jesus, our society wants to cancel you. Cancel your books, cancel your speeches, fire you from your jobs. I, hey, I have a full-time job. I may get fired. They may look up this sermon and go, he is out of our company. Who cares? We're still going to preach it. We're still going to teach it. That has to be our attitude. We have to stand on the truth of God's word. What can change a blinded heart? Not slick words. The gospel being spoke. The Holy Spirit. So when you're being hated for being a follower of Jesus, when you're hated for being a member of this local body of believers that will absolutely stand till the end of the truth of Jesus, count that as joy. You are going to get hate for being a member of an orthodox biblical church. You're going to count it as joy. Count it as joy. Know that they hated Jesus. When that hate comes, don't ball up your fist and get angry. Share the gospel. Share that Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He defeated death. And because of him, you can have a new life in Christ. And he will change you. He will mold you into what this says. Into what this says. Now, as I close today... As I close on this, I'm done. Let's be reminded of this. Let's be reminded of Jesus' words in Romans chapter 12. It says in verses 1 through 2, I appeal to you therefore, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Don't be conformed to that. I'll tell you, guys, I'm just being honest here. Nine, 99% of the time, if the world says it's okay to do something, this says it isn't. 99% of the time, if the world says, oh, we should celebrate this, you should be in mourning. 99% of the time, the world is wrong. It's wrong. And, and living by the my last set of verses this morning, I added them this morning. They're not going to have them up there, but I wanted you to turn there. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. It says, what causes, first one, what causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not this, your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is amenity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I don't know a scarier place than you can be this morning. There's not. There is not a scarier place than you can be this morning than be an enemy of, the, of God. 
than an enemy of the creator of the universe. That should make anybody tremble to be an enemy of the creator of the universe. When you are friends with a lost and dying world. Now I'm not talking about caring for people. I'm not talking about helping somebody that's lost. I'm not talking about not sharing the truth with them and loving them and praying for them. I'm talking about when I say friends with the world, accepting. I'm talking about when you say that when people say that evil things are good and good things are evil. When you do that, you are making yourself a friend of the world. And that makes you an enemy of God. There should be no scarier place in this world than being an enemy of the creator of the universe. So as I close, I, I want to ask a couple of questions this morning. I'm going to have our worship team come. I want to ask you this today. What areas of your life right now are you conforming to the world? You know it's wrong, but you're giving in. If you have areas in your life where for whatever reason you're conforming to the world, maybe it's because it may hurt business. Maybe, I don't know, whatever it is, it hurt the bottom line. It hurt my pocketbook if I really stood for the truth, God, and so I'm going to conform a little bit here. It's sinful. Turn from that sin. Repent to the Lord Jesus. Maybe you're here or listening today and you've never believed on Christ. I pray that you don't leave here today without professing Him as your Lord and your Savior. Brothers and sisters, there has never been more persecution in the church and across the world and in our own country and community than right now. The persecution of God's church is higher across the world than it ever has been. The persecution of true biblical Christians in our country is higher now than it ever has been. You have to stand together. We have to stand united. Now, what does that mean for you? Maybe you've been coming to this church, and you need to come down here and say, Jeff, we want to join this body of believers. We want to be a part of this body of believers. We want to raise our kids with like-minded believers. We don't want to be conformed to the world. We want God to transform us. Join the local body of believers. If that's you today, come today and join this local church. I've asked some tough questions. We've preached about some tough things. This time, during persecution which absolutely is ramping up here and around the world, is a time that the church flourishes. Because you know what happens? People who really don't love the Lord, they ain't going to come. Not if somebody calls them a name or hates them, but true biblical churches. You know, attendance, I want to say this before we have an invitation. Attendance across churches in America has been tanked in the last year. Tanked. You know what? It hasn't here. I'm thankful for that. We have true biblical Christians that are going to stand for the truth. If that's you and you need to join, come today. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to pray and have an invitation today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can count it as joy for being persecuted, for people hating us, 
for following your word, Lord. Lord, our hope is in you and not anything else. Keep our eyes focused on eternity. Keep our eyes focused on you. Lord, I pray for our country. I pray for our our community. I pray for our lost and dying neighbors, Lord, that we will be bold and share the truth with them, the truth and love, that we will love them enough to share the truth of your word with them. God, if there's people here today that need to be saved, I pray for them. If there's people here that need to join this local body of believers, I pray, Lord, that they will do that. Lord, in all things, we want to glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray.
going to sing one more verse we still got people praying so i don't want to cut anything off there's no pressure just if you need prayer i want to say a little guy that came up here wanted to pray for his grandmother because she had knee surgery that's awesome that's awesome so if you have needs you can pray you don't have to have me pray for you one more verse Thank you guys this morning. Great job. Um, yeah, today, today's been an awesome day. Love you all. I'm glad you're here. Uh, pray for Jerry's grandmother, right, Jerry, that he's back there. His grandma had knee surgery. Uh, pray for my family. Savannah, uh, you know that my wife worries, right? And so pray for her this week because Savannah has major knee surgery on Thursday. Uh, and it's a pretty big surgery and several hours long. So pray for Selena and Savannah and, and uh, it's in God's hands, but you know, Savannah's worried too, and so pray for them this week, but it, it'll all be according to God's will and everything will be okay. But keep our family in your prayers. And John and Carrie, uh, come on up here. Uh, they have been coming for several months now, uh, for quite a while. I, I don't know, what, six months maybe? I don't know. It's been several months. Um, and they, they uh, had bought some land about a year ago. Uh, in maybe a little longer than that, I don't know, a year ago or so, in Montana. And they are going to be moving to Montana. Uh, John leaves this week, right? Tuesday. He leaves Tuesday for Montana. So I talked to him a couple weeks ago, and housing is an issue because they have the land, but they got to build a house. And so I started doing a little searching for churches, you know, biblical churches in Butte, Montana. Um, and we, we think we found one, and... and uh, I gave him some recommendations, and he's contacted the preacher. They're praying for him, so he's going to have a church family out there. Carrie's going to be going a few months later, so she'll be with us uh, for a few months. But I want to pray for them this morning as they leave 
uh, and you can come around and, and give them a word of encouragement. Uh, but they're going to be going out to Montana. So we have pheasant hunting in South Dakota with Mike and Kim. We got elk in Montana. Hey, we're branching out, guys, right? So I love it. Uh, you guys got anything you want to say this morning? I don't know if this, this is on. Um, yeah. Carrie's a little emotional. I am too. Um, I think the hardest thing to do uh, right now is to obviously leave my life, my, my wife behind. Uh, this is my wife. Um, uh, just trusting that, that God uh, has just opened doors. Um, our, our true heart is to get into the ministry up in Montana, either in prison ministry or, or somewhere up on maybe the the, uh, the reservations up there is, is what we truly want to do. Um, we're not ready to go, but obviously God is ready for, for, for at least me to go. So my prayer is that, that uh, God would open doors, and when he does open those doors, that we would be obedient and walk through them. Um, and pray for, pray for my wife that she would be safe here uh, until I can prepare a place for her to come up there. Um, and just for our marriage, it's going to be difficult to be apart from each other. And uh, that God would keep us strong. And on a, on, on a last note, uh, uh, good grief, Pastor Jeff. I wish you would stop holding back a little bit and just <laughs> just bring the word every now and again. Uh, I mean, that was, that was awesome. I'm going to miss this church. Uh, I wish we would have started here a long time ago. I'm really going to miss this church. I'm going to miss you guys. Uh, I'm very bashful. Uh, it's it's hard for me to get to know people. My wife is is not, um, but uh, we love you guys. We love this church, and we love Pastor Jeff and and everything that you guys have done. So God Thank bless you. you all. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. So let me close with this benediction today. It's out of Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses nine through ten. It says this. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Leave here today uh, on that note. One more thing. Brady Brooks going to state as a wrestler right here. Yeah. I told him we need him on the security team. Yeah. So let's close in prayer this morning, uh, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, again, we're, we're joyful to be here today to worship you, God. And we thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, I, I pray for John and Carrie as they are starting this new stage in their life, as they go out west, God. Just protect them. Let them get plugged into a local body of believers where they can serve, Lord, and uh, and, and um, just serve you and worship you there. And uh God, I'm excited for them. I'm sad, but I'm excited for them. And as we leave here today, Lord, let us stand for the truth of your word, not anything else. Let it never be our own opinion. Uh, God, let, it, let us always conform to what your word says. Transform our minds. Let, make us more like your son every day, God. Grow us in you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.